When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. How would you like to ramp up your club's game day atmosphere? Big Screen Video is giving 10 lucky sports clubs the chance to win a $10,000 grant towards their own digital scoreboard. Register now at iCanWin.com.au slash BSV. There have been many stories about Origin. SEN, we're proud to bring you our homegrown Queensland origin legends. The Untold Stories, proudly supported by Franklin. Hi, this is Scott Sattler and welcome to Origin Legends, the untold stories where we look into origin careers through the eyes of the players that didn't get the accolades of the Lewises, the Lockyers, the Langers and the Cam Smiths, but still played a pivotal role in the history of Queensland's state of origin. From Game 1 in 1980, when Big Artie led his players into battle against the might of the Blues that night and that very image of the immortal Arthur Beetson gave hope to the future of Queensland Rugby League. The Untold Stories follows the players who wore the mighty maroon jumper with pride and distinction but never dominated the headlines like some of their teammates, but their story is still just as important. This is their story. Yeah, welcome to Queensland Origin Legends, the Untold Stories. Uh, Wherever you're listening, via the SENQ or the SEN app, or via the podcast, proudly brought to you by Armorex, by Franklin, security screens with strength and looks. Now, our latest edition, and this week is a man that represented Queensland on two occasions, and but one of those occasions is the match that is still regarded as one of the greatest games and greatest finishes we have seen in rugby league. He hails from a place called Murrumbah. He played 234 NRL games for the Crushers, Parramatta Eels and the Canberra Raiders, and now he is one of rugby league's leading player agents. Smith again. Dimmick now. Tukey this time. Dimmick run round. McCracken in. Cut out ball. Shabotsky! Shabotsky! For the corner! Shabotsky's there! Oh! Trenton Shabotsky! Trenton Shabotsky has scored a beauty! He did score a beauty that night for the Parramatta Eels. I remember that try. Is it Shifkovsky or Shikovsky? Shifkovsky. Shifkovsky. Yes, yes. Okay, so did it annoy you? That no, didn't bother me. Didn't bother it's, you? It's Polish by descent. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. So, um, yes, yeah, interesting story. Though. My dad was actually adopted, so it's not his real name. That's his adopted name. Okay. So he was adopted into a Polish family in Claremont, just sort of west of Mackay. Oh, Murrumbah, actually. So, oh, wow. Yeah, interesting story. Yeah, yeah. So, in the industry, everyone who knows Clinton Shifkowski go by the name of Chock. Okay. Um, now, this interview we're doing now is, of course, in the final weeks of May and about to go into origin in Perth. Now you're a player agent. Now we're going to talk about your illustrious career very, very soon, but life after rugby league, you're a player agent. Do you look at often uh, origin differently now if you've got a, as a player, as a fan, when you've got players possibly in both sides as a proud Queenslander? You still have a soft spot for club side, the Raiders. Obviously, it's where I played most of my first grade. Similar with Queensland, like any Queensland kid, love Queensland growing up in the state. Um, but to be honest, you, you sort of watch your players and just hope that they play well. So a little bit selfish, but, um, yeah, you, you, that, that's where your interest is in mm. your players for me anyway. Now, we'll go into detail. Like I said, your, your origin debut in 2002, and, of course, 
2006 Game 3, which started Queensland's dominance for, for eight years straight. But growing up in a little place called Moorumbah, west of Mackay, we talked to a lot of our guests, uh, Clinton, about about growing up in those regional areas. Um, we spoke to Adrian Vowles last week, growing up in Cunnamulla and Charleville and his mum driving seven hours to go to, to, go to Carnival. Rugby league, what was it like growing up in Moorumbah? Awesome. Great town. Uh, really good community. So a little bit different now. The, it's, a, it's a mining town. So back in the day, the, the, the fathers would work and there was no shift work. So they'd coach the footy teams, drive the buses. But now there's a lot of fly in, fly out. So it's a little bit different. But I grew up in the town, played all sorts of sports. Uh, it's a mad league town. So, But I didn't play rugby league till I was 16. So okay. I played soccer till I was 15. Uh, I, was, I was one of those scared, petrified little kids who hadn't grown up. So. And was that the reason? You, was yeah, I, my rough? dad tells it. Mum tells the story. Dad took me down when I was about seven, and um, played my first game, first tackle, got my nose splattered, bleeding, and I ran to the car and said, "Take me home," and that was it. So I didn't play rugby league again until I was sixteen. So, yeah, so uh, a late starter. And why? Why all of a sudden at 16? Uh, mad league town. So all your mates started to rib you. You know, you've got to come and play rugby league, soccer's for girls, all that sort of stuff. So went down and, yeah, the rest is history. So. Other players out of Moorumbah. First one that comes to mind, of course, is Travis Norton. Yeah, yeah, perfect. A great player. Ended up yeah. being the captain. I think he captained the Dogs and the Cowboys. Yep. I think he's a captain when they had their run. He won the grand final. So Trav, great man. One of the nicest people you'll meet. Mm. Uh, Josh Hannay as well. So yeah, really interesting story. We all grew up in the same street. So I crossed the road from the, the Moranbury State School. Had a footy field with some goal posts that my dad actually made. Grassed the field and made the posts. So we used to have some pretty good games of rugby league there as well. So hasn't been another kid play first grade in the NRL from Moranbury since the three of us. So, um, so, so who's the youngest? Josh Hannay? Josh, so it's myself. And then I think Trav was two years younger than me. Yep. And then I think Josh might have been three years younger than Travis. But we're all playing at the, in the NRL at the same time. So pretty cool. Something in the water. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, when you start playing rugby league at 16, did you make rep teams at all quickly? or uh, First year, didn't sort of find them away. Just trying to do my best not to get bashed up and beaten up. I was still a bit scared. Uh, then the next year, it was really good cross country and fit so I used to run heaps so we did a pre-season and, and Paul White was the, the local coach captain coach local detective uh, he's mad on his fitness Paul White, White as in former Broncos former CEO, CEO. Yeah, yeah he's a great player himself probably should have went to Sydney or Brisbane to play won a comp in 85 with South Magpies yeah won a state yeah. league for Mackay he's a terrific player so he was the captain coach of Moranbah so he put me into the team just because I was so fit and trained well so it was Really good footy out there in those days. Guys like by the name of Stephen Craig and Jim Valerie and Mark Anderson and Paul White. It's a really good competition. So I played the whole season in first grade on the wing as a 17-year-old kid out of school. Uh, we won the comp. We beat Serena, I think it was in the grand final. So Dane Gay Guy's dad, Raymond Gay Guy, was the centre. He was a superstar as well. Come down to Brisbane, didn't quite make it. So there's a couple of scouts, Graham Hurley, who you know well. Yeah. Uh, and Daryl Vanderveld, they're up there watching. And Travis was playing in the under-18s before me, and I was in the A-grade grand final. And they signed the pair of us out of that, out of that grand final weekend. So we both made our way down to the South Queensland Crushers. So that was 95? That was two, that so 95 was the first year of the Crushers. That was 1993. Yep. And then we went down to 1994. They had a team in the State they League. They did too, yeah. Yeah, Billy Gardner was the coach. Yep. I think you come the year after. 95, the 95, first year. 95, first yeah. year. So we were the pioneers, mate. So we blazed the trail. And Billy was supposed to be the coach. 
And Bobby Linder was meant to be a player. Player, yes. Mm. And then Billy ended up getting the sack. Bobby took the job and, yeah, the rest is history again. So a lot of really good young players went to the Crushers in those first couple of years. They won the under-21s grand final in yeah. under-21. Were you Mark. in that? No, I wasn't. I'd been pushed into reserve grade well, playing first grade. You years. played your yeah. debut as a 20-year-old 20, 20 in 1996. That's it. They, they, put, they put me in the team to kick goals and made my debut at North Sydney Oval. I kicked none from three. This one's just to the left of the post. What, what, <laughs> what's the When you think about your debut, what's the one thing you, re, you can recall from it? Uh, I remember the big fig tree at the back of North Sydney. Yeah, famous. That tree. Yep. Yeah. And I remember being in the team to kick goals and kicking none from three. I think we, we did okay. I think we lost 14-6 or something. I ended up playing four or five games that year in first grade. Um, yeah, so it was pretty cool. So you moved from the, the Crushers in 1998 and uh, they kicked out of the comp in 90, at the end of 97. You go to the Parramatta Eels and... You're playing one of the greatest finals matches of all time. And you know which one I'm alluding to. It's against the Dogs. You're up 18-2. Uh, you score this. The ball, nor the arm carrying the ball, had touched the ground. Here's Bell again. And again he unloads, taking two defenders out of the game. Weston goes up the middle. Look at the big young forward. He's running like a centre. He gives a pass. And away goes Parramatta. Looking for the corner. Szymanski. Szymanski. He's put it over. As I said, I mean, Parramatta come out of the blocks. You've got a great side, Dimmick, McCracken, Pay, and you score that try. All of a sudden, Parramatta Eels are up 18-2. And in the blink of an eye, at 18-12, Chock, and I'll get your, I'll get your uh, remarks in relation to this, this happens. Parramatta by six points. Glenn Hughes. Long ball for Silver. Then Talau, Talau in the corner. Canterbury are in again. Parramatta are walking. Now Halligan. He hits it. If it hooks it, it's, it's staying on the line. He's got it. Oh, the man. One of the great games. Now. Oh, I just get chills just hearing that. Like, you're an ex-player. You hear certain things and that's just, yeah, it's, that's great memories. You go into extra time and funnily enough, Chock, you're playing in the game for Parramatta. Bulldogs end up winning that game. I think it's 32-24. Travis Norton scores the try. The other kid from Moorumbah for the Dogs to put it beyond doubt. Amazing. And Rab said the Parramatta girls are walking. We were dead in the gutter. We were gone. And Halligan kicks the goal from there. And Dean Pay was our captain. Tough as nails. You know, really respected. And as Halligan kicked that goal, sort of drifted left and then it straightened back up and it went over. And we all looked at Dino for some... Words of wisdom and encouragement. And he just goes, we're effing gone here. We, we still had extra time to go. It was amazing. And then they just blew us off the park. It was it was amazing as well. During the game, my dad was down watching because hopefully we're going to win and get to the grand mm. final next week. So when we were up 18-2, all the Canterbury supporters were leaving. So the stadium, the Sydney footy stadium was half full. So they all got outside the stadium. And as they started to come back into the game, the security wouldn't let them back in. So they were out the front of the stadium singing and chanting as you can imagine the Bulldog supporters do as well so it was a surreal surreal game like I said brings chills every time I hear that disappointing we lost but it was, it was a special game to be involved in poor carriage yeah he had one of those games poor <laughs> action but it wasn't his fault we should have won 18-2 yeah. it was seven minutes to go I know Johnny Simon actually went off early we're setting up for a field goal and he and he took the shot on play three from about 30 out 
misses to the right. We don't get the ball back again for the rest of that match. Seven minutes, we went without the footy to finish the game. Paramount, they just couldn't get through those prelim finals. Three years was at Paramount, we got the prelim three years in a row, leading all three games at halftime, and we lost all three. And then the year I left, they got to the grand final and they lost the unlosable grand final mm. in Newcastle. So I was cheering for the lads, but I'm thinking, geez, I'll be dirty if they win the comp and I'm not there. And they fell over at the final hurdle again. Well, it's only just starting for you in, in your career when it comes to representative rugby league as well. You moved to the Canberra Raiders and then uh, and after the break, we're going to focus on your debut in 2002. This is Queensland Origin Legends with Clinton Shifkowski. The Untold Stories, apparently brought to you by Armorex, by Franklin Security Screens, with strength and looks, great supporters of the show, Franklin. Thank you very much. And they've been leading manufacturers of security screens from Brisbane since 1987. Proudly supported by Franklin, this is SEN's Queensland Origin Legends, the untold stories. supported by Franklin. This is SEN's Queensland Origin Legends, the untold stories. Yeah, welcome back. Clint Shifkowski, Fog number 128, makes his debut in 2002. Game one, Clinton. Now, Player of the Year in 2001, 2004 at the Canberra Raiders. Did you come, come close to selection before the 2002 debut? Yeah, had you been spoken about at yeah, great lengths? Yeah, 2001. So Wayne had called me a few times. Yep. And I actually got called into game three. And that was the one where Elfie come back So at QE2. So I was 18th man, I think. But they, they didn't have it back then. But I, I travelled and I got the kit. So I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> so I got all the stuff. And then uh, obviously he sort of told me, come game one next year, you're going to be in the team. So I got, I got named 2002, game one. So, and that was the game Joey come out and blew us off the park. He did, I yeah. I think we got beat 36-6. I was sitting there after the game, and I was on the wing. I didn't play fullback. Darren Smith was my centre partner. I was sitting next to Smithy in the sheds, and um, I said, mate, we, we just been beat 36-6. I said, mate, I think we did okay. He said, mate, I'm going to give you a piece of advice here. He said, Springer, you know Springer, the team manager. Yep. He said, see that bag over there in Springer? You go tell him you want your second jersey over there. Well, second, second jersey, what's that? Well, everyone's got a second jersey. You go tell him you want it. Why is that? He said, mate, because you and I aren't coming back for game two. First bloke drops the, old, the oldest bloke in the team and the rookie winger. And we were both dropped for game two. So best piece of advice I ever got from Darren Smith. Did you get your second jersey? Got my second jersey and I give it to my dad for his 50th birthday. Well, there you go. Adrian Bowles. Adrian Bowles. We said to him, if there's one thing you could have back from your origin career, what would it be? Because he played one game in 94. Played one, yeah. He said, I never asked for my second jersey. I didn't get told till after the game to ask for your second jersey. He said, I was too naive and shy to ask for it. I didn't even have a clue. And Smithy said, I'm going to give you a piece of advice here, young fella. It was the best piece of advice I got my whole career. And so my dad was pretty happy. I remember Gordy well. said to me at half time change jerseys. I said, why? He said, just take it from me, change jerseys. So I took my jersey off, went over to Springer, the manager, and said, mate, I usually change jerseys at halftime. Yeah, mate, no worries. Here it is. Again, great bit of advice. Um, (laughs) What stood out? Now, Justin Hodges came in for you game two. um, And, but what stood out for you in your debut 2002 compared to just a week-to-week NRL game? Yeah, good question. Um, I think going in, I was, I was definitely a little bit overawed. You're sort of playing with Gordon Tallis and you know, Petro Sivanaceva and all these, you know, Steve Price, all these types. So I was a little bit quiet. It's my nature anyway. Um, so I probably didn't enjoy it and put myself out there like I should have. So uh, I was lucky enough to get another go in 2006. And, and that's the, the mentality I went in with. I'm going to get in there and enjoy it and sort of 
try and add my piece to it, which was only a small piece. Mm. But I think I did that a lot better the second time I got a crack. And you spoke about Valsy before, and I was only playing the one. I was just so relieved to get that second shot as well. Terry Madison was my assistant coach at the Raiders, so he used to rib me all the time because I was leaving to rugby at the end of 2006. He said, you're going to join that club I'm in, the One Origin Wonders, you loser. And that used to get ripped into me. <laughs> so then I, when I got named for Origin 3, 2006, uh, I sent him a nice little text and, <laughs> and let him know all about it. So. You, well, you played a huge role in 2006. We're going to get to that very, really soon. You, you talk about the Talises and the Webkeys and the Petros and the Lockyers. Yeah. I was always fascinated, and I made my debut at 31, but I still went in really fascinated about these great players and why they were great players. Did you watch those guys closely, or were you too naive? Uh, I definitely did in that. In two thousand and two, no, no, I had no idea. Still only yeah. young, and you know, I had the luxury of even playing at Parramatta with you know Smithy and Dean Pay and Jared McCracken and Jim Dimmick. Even then, I took that for granted. As, as, you know better than anyway. As you get a bit older you, and you get a bit wiser, you, you don't take that for granted, yeah. and you start to watch players and how they handle themselves and and what they do to get themselves up. So yeah, much better that second time around. As a fullback, is it fair to say, Clint, that uh, I feel weird calling you Clint or Clinton? Is it fair to say that you're a little bit like Matty Ballon or Aaron Payne when Cam Smith dominated the number nine jersey for a long time, where your favourite position was dominated by one of our greatest players in Darren Lockyer? Yeah, uh, Matty was always he's outstanding. No one was ever going to take the jersey off him. But then when he moved to six, I thought he would go. But then along came Billy Slater and Reese Wesser and Matt Bowen. But the list goes on. Uh, Greg Inglis. So there was, Queensland's never really had any depth in any position ever mm. other than fullback. So, uh, yeah, look, it is what it is. You know, there's some great players in that list. So to even to get two games, I'm, you know, I'm really, really, really extremely proud of that. Well, only a very small percentage. I think, what, 2% of players get the opportunity to play Origin. So yeah. um, you're part of a, an, illustrious, an illustrious crew. Now, we're going to talk about 2006 in the next segment, which – as I said earlier on, regarded as one of the great, not only origin finishes of all time, one of the greatest rugby league finishes of all time. And, and we'll play some audio in why, but um, around you, you know, you're a prolific point scorer, uh, a great goalkeeper, uh, goal, goal, great goal kicker, I should say. And great players change the game in some way. How does it sit with you that you're the reason goal kickers had a time limit put on them? <laughs> yeah, so I was, 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 um, a part of my game that was very slow. I used to kick off sand as well. That's how old I am. So I was the last player to ever move from sand to a kicking tee as well. So I hung on for as long as I could. Why but the sand? Just yeah, it was it just part of my routine. You know, get like... the water and squeeze it in, build your little sandcastle. But obviously I was behind the times. It's so much better for you kicking, you know, off, off, a, off a tee that's the same height every time. So, um, yeah, I remember Donnie Fernie used to give me a bit of a ribbing because they'd get fines even when that yeah. come in. So. Uh, he, he threatened that he's going to start deducting it from my pay each month. It's only tongue in cheek, but um, see now they stop the clock, you'd be fine. I'd be sweet, be sweet yeah. as so. One eye closed. Yeah, yes. Yeah, Who it's, taught it's, you? They used to have the, you used to have the, was it was it always one eye that was closed? Yeah, left eye. So yep. it's just just one of those little things. It becomes part of your routine and a habit, and that's you know, I think the good goal kickers. People say when when were you kicking good? It's when you weren't thinking at all. You know? So you have your routine down pat and. You had a perfect – when you're kicking poorly, that's when you're, you're thinking too much, you know, thinking about this and you think about that. So, yeah, just one of those little things that crept into my routine and stuck with me. Now, you're at the Raiders, and again, fall short of grand finals under the under Matty Elliott. 
I think two, the year we won it in 2003, yeah. although that was the year that you were possibly going to make it. Yep. Jason Bulgarelli yeah, drops yeah. the ball over the try line. Yeah, and then we would have had the right to play you blokes the following week. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Mate, it was, that was the one. Yeah. Uh, we were battered and bruised as well. I think we won our first nine straight to start the season, and then Jason Croker got a knee injury, and we lost Marty McClendon, and we were, we were battered and bruised and just hanging on. But, yeah, we had, we had a great opportunity that year, and I thought whoever played the Roosters in the grand final was going to beat them. Mm. You know? So if we had got through the next week and took you guys on and we could knock you off, I, I, I thought it was a grand final there to be won. Yeah. So another lost opportunity. Now, you miss out on games one and two in 2006. And at this stage, Lockie has moved to 5-8. Yep. Queensland win origin two. All of a sudden, Carmichael Hunt is injured. Yeah. At fullback. GI's injured. GI. They're all injured. Yeah. Did you get the inkling that you were next in line for that ho- third match in Melbourne? I was hoping and... and Mal had got the job by then, so, yeah. which was great. So he coached me at the Raiders the first year I went down. So um, I do know now that no one else wanted me in the team other than Mel. So he, he got coach's pick and got me in the team. And he made sure I was kicking goals as well. So um, I owe Mel so much for getting me into that opportunity. So, yeah, so that's that's how it came about. So How does that make you feel that an immortal – Saw so much in you. Uh, really good. You know, I had, yeah. Like I said, I had Mel when I got down to Canberra. He's great to me. I only had him for a year, but he's one of those guys who has a presence and that aura about him. So um, you just walk into a room and stops, you know. So, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Now, you, you signed with rugby, and you mentioned this earlier on, for 2007 season. You make Origin 2006. Now, did you sign with rugby before Origin 3 or was it after? I'd, I'd done the deal, but we kept it quiet. Okay. they wouldn't pick you. You know, yeah. back in that day and probably still wouldn't this day. It just hasn't happened for a while. It's going to happen again soon. Someone will switch codes and <laughs> get life like they do. So um, so we, 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 yeah, we let that one go through to the keeper. Now, before we get to the break and the highlights of Game 3 in 2006, if you had to sum up in one word, doesn't have to be one word, that match in Melbourne, what would it be reflecting now? Uh, just proud. Yeah, they talk about, you know, it gets a bit corny and cliche, but the, the Queensland spirit, it was it was really special to be involved in, something I remember forever, and that was that was the beginning of the run of eight as well. So there were some players under real pressure going to that series. They'd lost the last two series. They were down, well, it was one all going into the third, but they had so many injuries. It was a team full of battlers, mm. myself, Josh Hannay, Chris Flannery. Adam Mogg. Adam Mogg, Reese Wester. So it was B-grade. So... We had no chance, and we we just went down there, and we were, I think we we're down fourteen four four with like fifteen minutes remaining. Ten minutes to go. Ten minutes to go, and one of the great Origin games. Well, we're going to get to that yeah. really soon. Queensland Origin legends with Clinton Shevkovsky. The untold stories proudly brought to you by Armorex by Franklin Security Screens with strength and looks. The biggest range of blinds, shutters, awnings, and security screens in Brisbane. Proudly supported by Franklin, this is SEN's Queensland Origin Legends, the untold stories. Proudly supported by Franklin, this is SEN's Queensland Origin Legends, the untold stories. Yeah, Clinton Shevkovsky is here to join us on Origin Legends, the untold stories, uh, discuss his career, but most importantly, that amazing Game 3 2006 series. He was called in as fullback, uh, coached by Mel Meninga. We heard in the previous, uh, in the previous segment about how, how Mel coached him at Canberra, had a lot of faith in him and was the one that, that brought him in for that, that 
that game in game three. He was his first year as coach, Mal, in 2006. So much on the line, Clinton. Uh, Rumours start emerging that if Queensland don't win New South Wales, that'll be their fourth series in a row. Petro, Steve Price, Lockie, all their careers apparently are going to be over. Did you sense during the week, apart from winning the series, that these players were playing something a little bit more? Oh, absolutely. Their, their career, all their representative careers are on the line. Yeah. Um, and you know Lockie better than anyone. He's a really quiet sort of guy, sticks to himself, just leads with his actions, sits in the corner and reads the paper and sort of doesn't really interact with anyone. But I remember the night before, he pulled everyone together and into his hotel room. So he had 17 footy players crammed into the, you know, it was a pretty nice room. Captain gets the best room. <laughs> yeah. But we're all crammed in and, and it, it lasted for about a minute and a half because he doesn't say a lot. But he pretty much said he was going to be the best player on the field and he challenged everyone in that room to play their best game they've ever played. You know? And just the way he did it was really powerful. You know, Petro had tears in his eyes and Steve Price. And Tony Carroll's about to jump out the window and play the game already. And you just sensed that something was on or were ready to go. Mm. You know, even though we were, well, you know, like I said before, we didn't have a lot of top-class representative players and a lot of blokes just getting an opportunity because of injuries. But I, I knew we were, we were a red-hot chance. Now, series is at one all, and the decider at the Telstra Dome, which is now, of course, Marvel Stadium. And it is a night that all Queenslanders remember, especially this man. This is the last tackle for Queensland now. Thurston goes to the boot. He tips it over the top. Oh, and Adam Mogg on the far side of the ground. Adam Mogg. Queensland win game two in Brisbane. Your teammate, Adam Mogg from the Raiders, has a debut to remember. He comes in for England, scores two tries on debut, de- de- game three, and scores another try. Scores another one in game three. And was it, he was the player's player in both games, I'm pretty was sure. Was he really? Yeah, he was outstanding. And then he, he went to the Catalans the following year. So he'd already signed to go overseas as well. So I'm pretty sure he was telling a furphy and not telling anyone he was going so he could play Origin too. So um, probably would have played another 10 Origins if yeah. he stayed in the country. So one of the great stories. Good man, Moggy. Lives up on the Sunshine Coast. Still talk to him now. Now, you talk about Lockie in the night before. Brent Tate has told me a story, but that during that game when New South Wales went to 14-4 and behind the try line when everyone's in the huddle in an origin, which is so difficult, as you know, Clinton, to, to score points as it is, how calm and poised he was in the moment of madness. Yeah, he was. and like, I think he might have even said, we're behind the post and... He said, nothing's changed. You know, I'm going to be the best player and challenged everyone again. And, and everyone was working really hard for each other, but he, he was at the front of it. And, you know, he knew his representative career was on the line as well. Mm. And the good players, the, the great players stand up in those moments. And that's what he did. Now, as you said, Queensland down 14 for 10 minutes remaining. And one of those Queensland origin efforts is called for. And one of the great origin tries is created by yourself and Jonathan Thurston. The dearest... For New South Wales as Shavovsky goes over to Thurston who gets around O'Donnell. He goes out for Brent Tate. Tate goes for the panel. Menzies after him. Won't get him. Tate will score. He'll bring it around. He'll make it a certain six pointer. Brent Tate. Brilliant try. They're coming back. One of the great tries. Great finish by Tate. He brings it around underneath the goalpost for yourself as a goal kicker. And all of a sudden, it's 14-10. Yeah, goosebumps again when you hear that's great, isn't it? So I had a kick earlier on the first half. I think Moggy scored in the corner. I hit the post from right out wide. So 
when uh, I threw the offload to JT and he stepped inside and he got the ball wide to to Tatey. So when he run the length, I'm just like pointing under the post, under the post, and he ran it around under the post. So it was. It was beautiful. Can you remember scene. the pass from JT? It was left to right, which is the most difficult for most rugby league players. He hit Brent Tate right on the belly button. He didn't have to deviate nah, his run at all. That's what made the try. He put it out in front of him, and he, he actually accelerated onto the ball, and Brent Tate's got great top-end speed, so no one was getting near him. So he kicked the goal, as we said, 14-10. Did you know at that stage with momentum that Oh, we had, we had him. Yeah, yeah, and Lockie started to come into his own and talk a bit more, and we are getting pumped in the in the – Possession stakes as well. Penalties were going against us. It was, it was nearly um, criminal what was happening. But then we started to get the flow of possession as well. Once we had the momentum and yeah, we just come home with a wet sail. So everyone thinks that the the famous Darren Lockyer will intercept. He picks up the loose ball, pass from Brett Hodgson. Everyone thinks it's right on full time. But a lot of people seem to forget there was still six minutes remaining, and with six minutes remaining, this is exactly what happened. Right. Gets a favourable bounce, and he's tackled inside 20 by Flannery, Mogg, and Berrigan. The Blues slow to get back into the line. Oh! Intercepted by Lockheed! He scored! Yeah, six minutes remaining and 14 all, but you still have the kick from in front. Now, usually an easy kick, but so much at stake. Oh, huge. Um, I don't know if the Marvel Stadium as well. It looks grass, but there's no grass on it. It's, mm. like, a, it's like you're playing a mud. I remember lining it up right in front underneath the black dot. I think, geez, I'd hate to slip over here. So took my time. It's a funny story, though. I, I told my son, I think he's about three at the time, then we moved overseas, and whenever Origin would come on, we'd talk about Origin and, so, mate, I kicked the winning goal from the sideline in 2006. And he said, oh, that's pretty cool. So, this went on for eight years while he went on the run. And then we come back, finally, from overseas. And we're unpacking all our stuff. And there was a box of old VHS cassettes. So, he started to play them. They're all my old games. Origin 3, he's playing it upstairs. And, and we hear him yell out, my wife and I, Mum, Dad, Mum, Dad, 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 you lied to me. <laughs> said you kicked it from the sideline. It was right in front. <laughs> I said, I'm sorry, mate. I just, you never let the truth ruin a good story. You know what? The pressure would have felt like it was from the sideline anyway. I think that's what I said to him. So, um, yeah, and that, that, that was special. Like you said, there was still five minutes remaining. And, um, you know, blokes were just throwing. They would have thrown themselves on a grenade just in that last five, six minutes, and, and, and we won the game. It was, you know, something I still remember. You had now. the best seat in the house, Clinton. Yep. Yeah, you're sitting at fullback, and with five minutes to go, by the time you kick the kick off and New South Wales kick the ball off, and obviously you've had to kick it back down them again, they're going to throw everything at you. you got the best seat in the house looking at 12 players in front of you. You must have seen some some efforts that were, you know, best described as famous Billy Moore saying Queenslander. Uh, Queenslander, you know, it sounds a bit cliche, but that's what it was. It was just effort on effort on effort, and I knew we were never going to get beat. The blokes were just turning up on the inside, the outside. It's, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. You know, Lockie gets, I suppose, all the plaudits for scoring that last try, but can you remember efforts from guys that always, the unsung heroes, you know, you got the Adam Mogg that scored a try, but there's, is there a player that yeah. never get, really gets mentioned that sticks out in your mind? There's two, Steve Price and yep. Petro. Petro gets a lot of raps and, and deservedly so, but I think a player that was really, really underrated, he could still play in the modern game, is Steve Price. Yeah. You know, and, and one of the world's nicest people you'll ever meet as well. So, um, yeah, I don't think he gets the, the, 
applauded, said he deserves pricey. Now, with only about 15 seconds left, there's a final raid from New South Wales. This is how it plays out. For the stars, Brent Tate, the dummy half tackled by Tate. The ball goes through three sets of hands. Back to Mason, back to Bailey. Bailey floats it to Hudson. Hudson away to Menzies. Menzies puts the ball back to Gross. Gross puts a kick down the ground. It's gone out on the fall. Never get sick of listening to that. No, that's 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 beautiful. Really, really. I remember uh, throwing around, everyone was scrambling. Then Guru Eric Growth Jr. Yeah, as soon as he kicked it, it was game set match. I think it didn't even go on the in the field of play. Went into touch. So um, yeah, they were great moments. Can you recall when coming together as as players? Is there is there one play you you tried to find that you had a close connection with? Or oh, Moggy, absolutely. We're playing together at Canberra. Um, yeah, both. Extremely lucky to even be there, only there because of injury. So, yeah, it's something, you know, not a lot of Canberra players used to get picked for rep sides too back then. Um, so, yeah, it was it was a really good moment for both of us. Now, next segment, we're going to talk about life after sport. You're one of rugby league's leading uh, player agents now with, with Steve Chimes, Gillis, a uh, tremendous guy. And, you know, with Origin around the corner, you've always got players involved in that as well. Also, you switched to rugby union, which... For me, it was a bizarre one at the time because I thought you're playing great rugby league at Canberra and I thought, why? Why did he go? But we're going to find out why. Uh, Clint Shevkovsky is our guest on Queensland Origin Legends. The Untold Stories proudly brought to you by Armorex, by Franklin, security screens and strength. Proudly supported by Franklin. This is SEN's Queensland Origin Legends. The Untold Stories. supported by Franklin. This is SEN's Queensland Origin Legends, the untold stories. Yeah, we'll wrap it up here on Queensland Origin Legends with Clinton Shevkovsky, the untold stories, Fog number 128, made his debut in 2002. Just heard those those great memories from 2006, Game 3. I still think today one of Queensland's, if not Queensland's greatest victory outside of Game 1 in 1980. Now, Chalk, 2006 Dally M, fullback of the year. Origin 3, 2006. And then, as you said earlier on, you, you left Rugby League in 2007 for Australian Rugby Union, Queensland Reds, you play. Why? Why did you leave? Uh, it was a bit of a business decision, a business decision as well. So, like you mentioned before, Steve Gillis was my agent. Yeah. So he signed me when I was 18. So he managed me my entire career across the league and union. So he'd approached me. I'd sort of gone back to uni and was studying. I wanted to sort of hopefully get into club administration, be a CEO. Uh, he approached me about maybe one day being an agent. He said, I think you do really well. And he always sort of run his own show and didn't have anyone working for him. And I thought that'd be pretty cool. I, I chatted to my wife and thought, you know, he wouldn't just be stuck in one club. You could deal with all the clubs, um, deal with the players. Be, be, be a great job. You know, I had a great relationship with Steve. I trusted him like my dad. Um, and then I started to think, and the rugby option come about through Eddie Jones, but just the connection from Canberra. He was coach of the Brumbies. We used to do a few crossover training sessions. So... And he loves his rugby league, Eddie Jones. Uh, he's a closet wannabe NRL coach, Eddie. Um, and a great man. I've got so much respect for him. still talk to him regularly now. Um, so I thought, you know, if I can get to rugby, play some here and then go overseas, uh, build some contacts and some networks, I think in any business or any job, you want to have a point of difference. So if I did the agency thing, that would be my point of difference. I could be a league agent 
but also do rugby. Because when I did my deal overseas, Steve had to use another agent because he didn't have the contacts in the network. So um, six, seven years later, that's how it worked out. You know, I played over in Belfast and finished up in Europe and built some really good connections. Eddie ended up going back to coach in Japan. So I sort of worked my way through Japan and got contacts there and placed our players there now. So it, like I said, it was a strategic business decision and it, 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 it paid off in the Did end. Did you love it? The game itself? Rugby, I, I love the experience. I much prefer to play, if I'm being honest, I much prefer to play league than rugby just because I was more involved and on the footy. But I love the experience. Um, you had to think a lot more playing rugby, but just the people as well, the culture. And the beauty of rugby is it can take you all over the world. Mm. You know, the NRL boys are sport for choice here with 16 clubs and a cap of nearly $10 million. But, you know, overseas, you can play in England, Ireland, Scotland, France, South Africa, Argentina, Japan. There's 160 plus clubs around the world. You have 16, soon to be 17 in the NRL and, you know, half of 12, 12 clubs in the English Super League and that's it. Mm. So there's not a lot of opportunity for the Rugby League boys. Matty Rogers once said that he played 50, nearly 50 tests for Australia, the Wallabies, and he still didn't know the rules. <laughs> you, you concur with him there? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, funny story. I played with Ben Chum when I got to the Reds, one of the great mm. Reds ever. I think he would have been a really good Rugby League player as well. And after this conversation, you probably agree with me. I remember playing with Chuny and it was about my third game in and I, pilfered a ball or I did something and I said, how was that, mate? Was that right? And he goes, mate, don't ask me. I still don't know the rules. I've been playing since I was five. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, like I said, it's a really technical game and probably been a bit harsh, but a really good game of rugby is great to watch. Yep. But it's just the referee has so much influence on it. Everything's a contest. So, it is, you know, it, it, it's hard to officiate. Did you miss Origin? When you went 2007 and then the 2007 series kicks off, do you look back and go, I was there 12 months ago, one of the greatest moments in my professional career? Yeah, you always do. Now. Even when it comes on, you think it gives you good memories now that you're a part of it. So always disappointed when you move on and do something different, but that's a challenge. You know, always looked at things and tried to get out of my comfort zone and do things a little bit different. And, um, yeah, so it was no different with the rugby switch. Did the rugby players tune into the, the state of origin? Did they, they loved it. They yeah, loved good it? story. Even when I got to the Reds, we used to warm up and play a game of touch and mate, James Hall and Chris Latham, they'd be going, oh, Lockie here to Sivan or Siva to Petro. And whereas if you had a went and did that, you know, spoke to the rugby league, well, they probably wouldn't have known who half the players were other than George Gregan and Steve Larkham. So, yeah, they're all closet leagueies. Yeah, nice. Now, boys. living on the Gold Coast now, you and your, your beautiful family, um, as you said, you're a player agent. With one of the great guys, Steve Chimes-Gillis, he's one of the guys you can really trust in, in rugby league and has got such a great name in, in professional sport. GS Sports Management as well, if you're listening to the podcast or listening to us on SENQ and you've got a young player who feels that they need a manager, I, I, couldn't, um, I couldn't speak highly enough of, of both Clinton and, and Steve Gillis. Who are some of the leading players you look after in the game now? Uh, some of our leading players, um, Ryan Pappenhausen, Storm, yep. Harry Grant, uh, Sammy Walker at the Roosters, uh, Tolu Kola, who's doing great things in the centres at Manly. Never played centres in his life before he, he made his NRL debut. He's a fullback. He's a superstar too and a, and a lovely kid. Really good backstory. Mum or dad, Tolu Senior, went to three Summer Olympics for Tonga in the 100 and the 200. Wow. And his mum, Anna, she went to two Summer Olympics for long jump. So he's got great genetics and they're just a beautiful family actually. So it's, it's awesome to see him doing well. 19 and... I think he's one of the form centres in the competition. Got told last week, and you probably would have been told the same thing, if Ryan Pappenhausen plays last or 
what would have been round 14 in the NRL if you're listening to this at a later date. Um, and he's out with COVID that he's the number 14 for New South Wales for oh, game two. I agree. He's a great player. And I had a chat with Ryan about that. And he said, shock, I'm not that worried. You know, when my time's right, my time's right. I'm in no rush. Uh, and that's just him. He's, uh, he's an old head on young shoulders. I sometimes joke with him. I said, mate, I'm 46 and you're 23. You're more mature than I am. So, yeah, he's just a special, special player and a special, special person. Social media putting pressure on players these days? Oh, I think certain players, yep. it's, it's something some players struggle with and something others embrace and can really handle. It's no different to anything. So uh, it's just important that those ones that do struggle, you know, learn how to control it. Toughest club to negotiate with? Toughest club to negotiate with? Not for uh, bad reasons, just um, probably more long-winded, a lot more due diligence. Um, probably the Japanese rugby clubs. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah, they're, they're... Is that just a language just breakdown? Just a language or? thing and reluctance to change and they're stuck in their ways, so uh, they can pr- pr- procrastinate a lot as well, so things are dragged out and then when the deal's done, they want it done yesterday. So I'd probably say Japanese rugby union clubs. It's interesting out there as well. You don't play for a club, you play for a corporation. So you don't oh, so play it's all for, private entity. You play for Honda or, or Sanex or, or NEC or Yamaha. So, yeah, pretty cool. Who's the most marketable player today in the game right now in rugby league? Oh, I'm probably being a little bit biased here, but I think it's spot on the money. I think Ryan Pappenhauer, without a doubt, uh, he just gets it. You know, he's got, got the mullet. He's got his own little brand. He's great with the kids. I was once told by Jim Dimmick, he said, you always be good to the kids, Chock. You know, once the kids brush you, you're done. So, mm-hmm. um, so Ryan gets that as well. He gets the social media space. And the most important thing about him, he, he's still as humble as the first day I met him when he's 16. So um, never going to get a big head. And, yeah, just just gets it. You know, even Matt Tripp did a really good article the other day and you know, just where he's heading off the field. You know, I think he can become one of the most marketable athletes in the country, not not NRL players. And being in Melbourne once upon a time was being out of the spotlight, whereas with sp- social media and everything now, it doesn't matter where you live. doesn't matter at all. Man. He's a kid from Western Sydney, Kellyville as well, so a real connection there. And it's only a matter of time and he's going to, you know, be front and centre for New South Wales and State of Origin. Well, Clint Shafkowski, it's been great sitting here talking about your origin career, your NRL career as well, even your rugby and now life after footy. Now, to finish, finish off, if there's a player that's about to make his debut... Queensland. Let's let's say you've been asked by Billy Slater to come and talk to Murray Tawalangi, who was making his debut on Origin Two uh, in Perth. What's your advice to him? Uh, same position as well. Yeah, same position. Get in there and be a part of it. Don't step back. Step forward. You know that's that's the mistake I made when I first went in. You get a bit overawed. It's pretty cliche, but it's so true. You know, if you you're getting picked because you're good enough to be there, so get in there and embrace it and and contribute. Be a part of it. You know, I did that in 2006 and. Something I'll remember forever now. It's great. Clint Shikoski, thanks for joining us on Queensland Origin Legends. Thanks for having me, Sats. And I know we go way back, 95. Yeah. Crushes days. Some some great days there, mate. I think they, they, they let the punters in for free, our last ever game. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the highlights of my career. Yeah. We, beat, we beat West, didn't we? Knocked yeah. them off in front of 14,000. So good times, mate. And you're doing some great stuff on the radio, so keep it up. Yeah, thanks very much. Still remain really good friends today. This is Queensland Origin Legends. The Untold Stories proudly brought to you by Armorex by Franklin. Security screens with strength and looks. Catch you next week. Proudly supported by Franklin. This is SEN's Queensland Origin Legends. The Untold Stories.
Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.